Well, that's what the emotions of an AC Milan fan feel like in the last couple weeks. Uh, welcome to The Devil Wears Rossonero. I'm Patrick Stoll alongside Tim Fontenault, at Stoll underscore P, and at Tim underscore Fontenault on Twitter. Well, between Yang Hung Lee definitely not having the money he says he does, allegedly, and Rocco Camiso and the Ricketts family both having interest in buying Milan, and now we're in limbo uh, again. Plus, we have UEFA dropping the hammer because of how sketchy our ownership is, which is a shocker. And that means no Europa League, which some say is a punishment, others not so much. And others, like myself, question the validity of UEFA's thought process while PSG has more money than God. And here we are in the quarterfinals of the World Cup, where Nikola Kalinic, our very own, did not even get a participation medal before he got kicked off Croatia's team as they ride into the quarterfinals. And now he's apparently on the move. Is it celebration time for us AC Milan fans who have just been tired of him uh, since he got here? That and more on this episode of The Devil Wears Rossonero of SB Nation. Glad you can join us again. I'm Patrick Stoll alongside Tim Fontenault at Stoll underscore P at Tim underscore Fontenault and at SBN. Rossonero is where you can reach us. Welcome to another episode. And Tim, I'll bring you in. Wow. Um, <laughs> what are your thoughts? Uh, we'll just start off with... Let's start off with UEFA because I guess that came first. Maybe, maybe not. But... Let's start with UEFA. Uh, I'm mad. I have a feeling you are too. Um, but what do you think about UEFA's decision ruling that in violation of their financial fair play break-even requirement, uh, Milan is banned for one year of Euro- European competition out of the next two years for not breaking even and the thought process is basically they have no idea if we actually have any money and are not sure if we can live up to any guarantees that would be required in financial fair play, uh, which leads to a ban, which, according to my research, is the worst punishment that has been levied for violation of the break-even requirement. You can check that out on acmilan.theoffside.com. Tim, what do you think? No Europa League? I mean, well, I mean, at the end of the season, we were all like, oh, Europa League, cool, we did it, sort of. Um, Obviously, no one wants to be in the Europa League with the way this whole season went. It went from an all-time, not an all-time low, but quite a low to a bit of a high on that unbeaten run, and then we had a little bit of a realization that, hey, we're not that good. There's other really good teams in this league, so we kind of just accepted the top four wasn't going to be a thing. But we had European football. You know, that's a bit of income that you know you don't have if you're sitting on the sidelines like they're going to be. And then, so you kind of accept the hey, they'll be able to get into the Europa League qualifying rounds. They'll get a few competitive matches in before Serie A actually starts. It might not actually be the worst thing in the world. And then this comes down this UEFA ruling, and it's so unprecedented. And it, that's that's the big thing. That's why I was so mad about it. Like I was fuming when this announcement came out. Like I'm sitting at work and I let out this like un like this really loud sigh, and everyone's kind of looked at me. 
And they start talking about Milan getting banned. And I'm like, yeah, I know. You don't need to tell me. I already heard about it. It's ridiculous. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's yeah. the one. Like, thank you for informing me of this un- incredibly unprecedented move. That's what it is. Um, I mean, we, as you mentioned, the the guys over at the site put up a list. Actually, it was you that published this of all the financial fair play punishments over the last three seasons starting in 2015 with Siska Sofia and Cardamir, all these unpronounceable teams. Uh, a couple of World Cup sites is all I can garner from that. And Inter. Yeah, and Inter. And look, it's a few fines. You know, team Inter were fined up to 20 million euros. Besiktas got 5.5. Monaco, th- and it looks like it's reputation fines, if anything, like, Inter, a bigger club, signed a bunch of players, 20 million. Krasnodar obviously doesn't have 20 million. They get 4 million because they have been playing in UEFA competition. They have that little bit of cash. Uh, Maccabi, Tel Aviv, don't. They got 1 million last year. Uh, Marseille fined 100,000 euros. And, of course, then there's PSG, cleared of wrongdoing by UEFA based on club sponsorship contracts for the years 2015 to 2017. PSG and Manchester City... And Barcelona and Real Madrid, and maybe you can throw Juventus in there, and all these other big clubs are just going to get to walk all over this financial fair play garbage. I thought it was going to be this great thing for European football because the spending has been getting out of control. But now you have all of a sudden, you don't, you have not ever completely banned a team from European competition. A team, or at least a team like Milan. And it's just, it's a limit. Like, it's always been limits on registering registering players. It's been monetary punishments. This is so out of, out of the norm. And that's why I'm so mad about it. And I, like, I don't know who to be most mad at. Am I mad at UEFA? Yes, absolutely. Because the punishment did not... I think fit the crime. And I say that because the other person I'm most mad at is young Hong Lee, the lying sack of crap as I'm now referring to him, who came in like a, he came in like a hero, got this hero's welcome. We all looked at him almost like a God for quote unquote saving Milan. And it turns out it was all a hoax, which I think we all could have seen coming because every single time there was a story about a takeover in the years before that, it ended up being a hoax. And that then brings me to Silvio Berlusconi, who, as we talked about, you know, we should be mad at him too. So, and I, I think you have a lot more to say on that than I do. So I'll hand it over to you. But I mean, there's so much blame to go around or so much anger to be passed around here. But the main thing is, this is ridiculous that all of a sudden you're going to start, you're going to ban this club. Just just this club. You're not going to give any punishment to other clubs that spend ridiculous amounts of money. You're going to give them time to offload players. You're going to give PSG all this time after the weird way they brought in Mbappe and Neymar at once and no Mbappe was a loan move and then they could buy him. So they're going to sell Berchiche or however you say his name this summer and a couple other guys, Lovetsi, Pastore, whatever. 
it's i i pass off to you yeah so one one thing that i found interesting about the psg thing is that that's for the years 2017 2016 2015 so it does not include neymar and mbappe which was the sketchiest of all which is the sketchiest exactly so it it was looking at that three-year cycle but it did say we are going to watch you for 2018 it's like oh great yeah shocker right you're going to do the same thing that you did in 2016 which is when they did the same thing to psg and city which was basically like hey you you guys better chill. Like you guys better clean that up. When I was doing this research, um, and by the way, all this information is available on UEFA's website. It's www.uefa.com slash inside UEFA slash protecting the game. And you 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 have to go down a real hole. Is protecting the game in yeah, protect it. Yeah, that's the best part is protecting <laughs> the game. Uh, ruining clubs as other people say um but it's it's every year and what i found was no club has been banned for violation of the break-even requirement and the break-even requirement is what it sounds like it's basically over a three-year period you have to bring in as much revenue as you do sending out for transfers um, I think like employee benefit accounts also include, but like that, that's too deep in the rabbit hole for me. Um, so you have 2017 where, you know, it, it, the, the best part of these fines is it's up to, and the reason I put up to in the article is that is the amount that is cited, but it says up to this amount with this amount of that money being able to come back to you if you meet these standards. So the most you pay, for example, Galatasaray 2017, up to 15 million. But they all got fines, pretty much. They all got roster limitations. You start getting into the banning from you from European competition in the other side of financial fair play, which is when you don't when you have overdue payables. So if you have stuff that you're just not paying, transfer fees, um, salaries, like then you get banned. This is the first time that I could find that a club has been banned for the break-even requirement. And Sky had a report that included UEFA's reported reasoning, which was essentially, we don't know if you have the money, we don't know the validity of your ownership and their source of money, so we are not certain that you will be able to reach our standards. So I don't know where the jump is there, though, because first of all, I have a question. If a club is violating your financial rules, why do you find them? Yeah. Because if this is, if this is a rule meant to protect because it's it's phrased as something that's supposed to protect smaller clubs from spending so much that they mortgage the club essentially and like i I get it it's supposed to protect some teams but once you get to a certain point the clubs one shouldn't need it and two might just know what they're doing you know so 
I don't get why, if you're trying to protect teams from spending more money than they can afford, if they violate that, that means they're under, like they're in the red. So why are you fining them? Also, with the with the break-even rules, evidently PSG is able to milk the value of their sponsorships with, for example, BN Sports, which is owned by the same group. So the the Nasser Al Khalafi owns PSG and he also owns BN. So that value of the TV rights that they are getting from BN counts as positives for him, but he owns it already. So that, but that is allowed, right? So that there's nothing wrong with that. Are you telling me that there is shady dealings in European football? You would be shocked. But yes, <laughs> it's it's just the the more wow. re- the more I read on UEFA's website, I was like, what the hell am I re- like? What am I looking at? It's like, oh, for overdue payables, it's like you know, Club ABC got banned. It's like you just banned this minnow team for like a year because they aren't paying their players. It's like okay. But then you take AC Milan, it's like, uh, we're not so sure about your ownership, so bam, we're going to drop the hammer. And I brought it up to someone at work, and they basically were like, we all know it's it's nonsense. You know, they're, they're making an example. Exactly. Yeah, your ownership isn't great. Like, it's obviously sketchy. We've been talking about how sketchy it is since November. So, like, we know that it's not optimal. We know that it is probably not going to last, which we're going to get to in a minute. But basically, they're making an example of us. And I wouldn't be surprised if this is not the last time that they basically take out their frustrations on a team with Chinese or um, a broad ownership. I just think that they are very like, you know what? We want, like, I get wanting clubs, especially of the stature of AC Milan to have stable ownership. Like we all do, but Oh my God. Like, why do you be, so I've heard some people saying, you know, this isn't a real punishment. Like Europa league sucks. And I also am confused. Why, why is there an option? Why is there a window? Why is it, um, you're banned for one competition in these two years, dependent on qualification. We already made it. Just so it, it does that imply that there's an option? Like, do we get to defer it? Cause don't, don't defer it. Like don't, don't do that. Just take it. Just don't do it this year and then try and qual- do what do it inter did and qualify for the champions league. Right. So like, which makes me sick, but I just can't, I, I just don't know why. How does that help us? How does that help a club? We, so the the whole thing with the loan, which I guess this is a good transition to the whole Yong Hong Lee thing, the whole deal with the loan was we needed Champions League. And it basically was like, everyone kind of realized, like, even if we get Champions League, we're not going to be able to do this. 
And then we got Europa League, and it's like, okay, this isn't good. Now we don't even have that. It's like, oh, great. So we don't have any of that TV revenue. Like, I can imagine that we got a good little bit of TV revenue off of the Arsenal matches, right? But but now, we don't even get to have a chance, you know? So um, I'm... I'm mad. I don't think it makes sense. And what I, well, okay, it makes sense, but it's too harsh. I would have said, okay, give us a roster limit. Give us a 30 million fine, which if I scroll through here would have been the, that's the, that's another thing is the 30 million fine that was being reported is bigger than all the other fines that I could find. By a significant margin too. By by ten million. Yeah. Inter was Inter was twenty. Uh Monica was thirteen. Roma was six. Uh Galatasaray was fifteen. And PSG was zero. So like what is it re- is it really that bad like is UEFA really that fed up? Like why is all this being taken out on Milan? That's my question. It does feel like an example is being set, and that's what I felt like this it's entire 100%. time. And as I know you're about to segue and back to a point that you made about this with the ownership, and then we're going to talk about it in a minute. But, you know, they if they had problems with the ownership, first of all, they know that if Lee doesn't come good on the loan, then Elliot takes over, and there are people interested in buying the club. And... At, as we speak, and as UEFA was handing down this punishment, there were two groups that were already interested in taking over a majority of the club and and paying off this loan. So I don't see why we have to deal with it. Like, why couldn't they just wait a little while longer to hand down some sort of punishment? I know Europa League's about to start, whatever. But clearly, this was an example being set. And it was... the I... I don't think the punishment fit the crime. There was a quote-unquote crime, but this is an unprecedented and ridiculous move. I would just be I would be shocked to see this precedent continue to be enforced, right? Like I don't think that like let's say for example that I don't know, let's say Chelsea right? They get bought by a Chinese conglomerate and more and more things come out that, you know, I'm not really sure this dude has the money. Like there's a massive loan, like blah, 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 blah. I would be shocked if UEFA was like, oh, banned, right? I would be absolutely shocked. I was shocked at that. I was like, what is the ban for? What did, what are you, what, is the point right it doesn't like the it's and also another one last thing is when i was looking at all these things is it announced these are the settlement agreements with the clubs so remember a couple like two months ago when there was news that came out oh hey the settlement agreement was rejected it's going to be referred to the punishment chamber right that's what they rejected. They rejected the settlement agreement offered by Milan, which all these other clubs got settlements. All of them. Like all of these guys that I mentioned on 2015, all nine of these guys 
including Inter, by the way, these are all based on their settlements. So why did you have to reject our settlement? Was the settlement that we offered that unrealistic? Like, did they say, hey, we would meet your request? Evidently, here's my theory, is that they said, hey, we're going to meet your standards in two years. We'll pay a fine of 25 or 30, and we'll do a roster limit. And UEFA was like, okay, that's cute, but I don't think you're going to even reach our standards at all because I don't know who's owning your club. So I'm going to just outright reject it instead of negotiate, which is nonsense. This is the way I look at financial fair play in UEFA at the moment. Um, Two days ago, at the time of recording on July 3rd, they announced that they were going to review their decision to clear PSG after their financial fair play investigation resulted in them being cleared of wrongdoing and color me shocked yeah i that's the thing i didn't bat an eye i saw this report i saw like i saw it originally through the statement by the club and i just i didn't bat an eye i looked at it i shrugged and i closed out of it i'm like there's nothing's gonna come of this and like i said i look at this move for neymar who you know evidently they'll be able to make back what they paid for him and then some when he eventually goes off to real madrid for 300 trillion billion fajillion dollars that's almost one per flop yeah exactly it's almost one per dive yeah go ahead uh oh my god he's still rolling around uh, yep. and then the killian mbappe thing which again i i took some issue with the shadiness of a loan with a 180 million obligation to buy from your biggest rival in well your Closest rival in the league. Only rival. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Marseille matches are great, but yeah. come on. Um, I I just looked at this and I'm, I said a few curse words and closed out of it because it's just, it's ridiculous. Nothing's going to come of it. They're not going to get, they're not going to knock PSG out of the Champions League. They're not going to hit them with any sort of crazy fine. Like they may, even like they may give them a roster, a roster limit, but I can just... I can tell you right now what they're going to do to PSG. They're going to give them a thirty million fine because you know what they know PSG has money, money, money. plenty of money. <laughs> they have that rich like desert oil money. Like they have that money that just doesn't that you like. I literally didn't know that that much existed. Right. <laughs> so they're going to find them because they know they'll get the money. That's probably why they didn't find Milan. It's like. Phew, these guys don't have any money. Like we can't find them. We'll never get this money. Well, let's just ban them because I don't want to deal with this. Whereas PSG, they're going to be like, okay, so you're going to not be able to register all 25 players. <laughs> you're going to do 22 players this year, 23 the next year, 24 the next year. And then you'll be back as long as you reach our limits. Hey, cool. And oh, by the way, give us $30 million and you'll be all right. Or euros, whatever. But yeah. it's like, it's going to be, oh my God. They're just going to let them off the hook. It's it's time after time. And then Real Madrid is going to spend 300 gajillion dollars on Neymar. And then PSG is going to be cleared because they'll have all their money back and they'll pay their fine to UEFA. And then they'll kind of look at Real Madrid and be like, uh, so... And then, but Real Madrid, since it's Madrid, will just completely break even because they also have more money than god but it's not through oil it's just growing out of the ground in real madrid i don't know but so 
I guess here's where we segue, speaking of money, um, to our never-ending ownership roller coaster. Where, so by my count, it goes a little something like this, where Yang Hong Lee had Hass to pay 32 million euros to Elliott Management, uh, who loaned him all that money to buy the club. He owes them 32 million in a loan payment. Um, and, you know, I thought my student loans were bad. Um, and then I see this, and I'm like, oh, okay. Um, so he owes that. And he is asked for extension after extension after extension. And evidently, what has broken today at the time of recording was that Elliot refused another extension. Basically, this article I'm reading off Football Italia is that, and they are citing MilanNews.it, so I trust it. Um, Yang Hong Lee requested another 48 hours to find the 32 million which is due on Friday the 6th. And Elliot are done waiting because they already gave him an extension. They gave him another week. Um, so we are this close to Young Hung Lee, the hero we all thought he was, uh, defaulting on the loan, and Elliot will repo the club. But here's my thing. Lee has no leverage anymore. The gig is up. He's done. Yong Hong Lee is about 24 hours from the time of recording away from being just donezo. Because he, as I said, I think in the last one, he doesn't have the money. He just doesn't have the money. He, I don't know how he tricked Silvio Berlusconi and don't think you're off the hook, Silvio, and coming for your ass next. This guy doesn't have the money. And what has happened is Theo Ricketts and his family, owner of the Cubs, wanted to buy the club, wants to buy the club. His name came up, and then there was a report like, hey, guys, there's another person out there who has the backing of Goldman Sachs, and Young Hung Lee is in New York to negotiate. It's like, wait, who is this? And Rocco Camiso is that guy, owner of the New York Cosmos, and while he has the biggest mouth in American soccer, <laughs> he does have some pretty deep pockets because he owns Mediacom. And I... Both are stable hands. Okay, both are safe hands. I won't say Rocco Camiso is stable. I will say that he <laughs> definitely has the money. Um, his, his checkbook is stable, yeah. but I won't let's, give, let's be very I won't give him, there. yeah, I won't give him stable, but his, his checkbook definitely is. Uh, but so is the Ricketts because they have long-term invested in the Cubs for years and they brought him a world series for the first time in a century. Uh, now we haven't been waiting a century, but it sure feels like we've been waiting a century for a stable owner. Um, again, stable money owner, um, because, Berlusconi, again, not stable. So, um, Ricketts wanted to buy the club. Camiso was in negotiations to buy the club and apparently got the conditions changed on him multiple times. And he basically said, like, look, I, I can't buy the club right now. It, it's just not going to work. Uh, because Yong Hung Lee reportedly wanted to start a bidding war 
in October, which is the same month that the entire Elliot loan is due, which, again, he doesn't have the money. So I don't know what this dude's doing. Um, he's not the safe pair of hands we thought he was. He doesn't have the money. And Silvio Berlusconi is as responsible for this as anyone because he said, I'm not going to sell the club unless it's a safe pair of hands. Well, he sold the club for a massive amount of money. I think it was $750 million. To this schmuck from China, who I don't even know who this dude is, besides the fact that he owns us right now, and he doesn't have any money. And if you look back, you can see that there are reports of, like, false bank statements and all this other thing. Like, what are you doing? Like, I get it. You want 750 million euros. But guess what? This club is that close to being repoed by a hedge fund. And while I am confident that we're going to be okay because either Ricketts or Camiso is going to buy the club, either from Lee, who has no leverage and is going to want to get the money he can and bolt before he gets investigated for fraud, which it's coming. So they're going to buy the club. He has no leverage. So he's going to want to take the money and run. Or he's going to try and do this whole like, oh, no, I have the money. I'll just I'll just get it to you soon. And Elliot's going to be like, BS, we're taking the club, and then Camiso slash Ricketts will buy from Elliot. Probably at a cheaper price than they would get from Lee, too. Far cheaper. Um, Camiso valued the club at $500 million, and he offered for 70%, which Lee would still be there, um, but soon he's not going to be there at all. He's going to have to run. I don't know where he's going to go, but he has to get out of here pretty soon because he's hosed. Like he's done. It's game over. Get remember when the when the Curvasud held up the like game over insert coin to save AC Milan. It's like game over insert coin to save Yong Hong Lee's from being investigated for fraud. Because like that's his next step. It's not going to involve Milan because he's either not going to be in possession of the club or he will have sold it already. And that's it. Like again, it's not doom and gloom. We're not going to be sold piece by piece. We're going to be okay. Um, because Elliot is going to want to make money. And what's going to happen is Camiso is either going to buy from Lee or he'll just turn the money over and be like, hey, I'll give you what? they He's owed 300 right? Right. 303 I think, is the exact total. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. So he'll give him the 303 and then he'll give him another maybe 100. That saves Camiso 100, gives Elliot all their money back plus some and interest. And then Elliot backs off because they're like, all right, we're good. We got our money. We're done. You have the club now. And then Camiso is going to have that 100 or however much he saved because he has this 500. This is the same amount of money that he offered to refinance the NASL. So it's the exact same amount of money. He has it lying around, apparently, which what I'd give to be able to just throw 500 million at somebody. Worth noting his net worth, according to Forbes, is 4.4 billion. So he'll have that and then some. Sold. I am in there. Like, he'll he'll buy it. Elliot will be fine. They're like, all right, we're good. Bye. And then Camiso do his thing or Ricketts, whichever one. But it has been all over the place, and I just want it to end. I put a column up on our website. It just let it end. Man, just someone buy it. Like, I know, like, evidently, it's going to happen. 
because now Lee has like 24 or less hours. He's going to want to get the hell out of Dodge because he's either going to come in, he's going to come out of this, excuse me, with either like 500 million euros or zero. And it's hard to move the goalposts when it's all or nothing. Uh, I don't know what this bum was trying to do, changing the conditions and goalposts on Rocco Camiso, who was that close to buying the club. But I'm confident a deal will get done pretty soon. I think that we're getting to the 11th hour and something's going to happen. Um, I, I've, I've told you this, and I'm glad Twitter declarations are not official. I've said that if Rocco Camiso bought the club, that would be the end of me as a Milan fan. Just because I, I, as an American soccer person, I can't stand the guy. And this is going to be a very targeted joke, but this is going to de- get done because Camiso is so desperate to own a top flight soccer team that it's absolutely going to get done. Sick burn. Pro Rel is not happening anytime soon in the U.S. Um, Facts. Yes. And that's a fact. Yes. <laughs> so that's, that's been my issue with Camiso just from an American soccer standpoint. He's such a nutcase when it comes to the – the division sanctioning of the NASL and the fact that the club can't even stay afloat. Like he would have to purchase every single team that was in that league. He has the money to do it, but he obviously isn't going to do that. Um, Cosmos are going to be fine in USL, whatever. Um, It's going to happen. And I think it's going to be Camiso. I think the Ricketts family is, I'm sure they're interested. I don't think that they have, the determination that Camiso does to get it done. And I, either way, like I, I think Camiso is, I think he's like, he loves the game. The, the Ricketts family, I don't think is really into soccer. I mean, obviously the, they're more of a, uh, a baseball family with the Cubs. I'm sure there's some interest there and just in the possible venture, but they're all over the place anyway. Like one's the governor of Nebraska. One's like running, fundraisers for democratic candidates and the others focus on the Cubs and whatever fun they run. And, uh, I think Camiso's all in if he gets the club and whether he buys it from Lee in the next, however many hours or days, or he gets it through Elliot and just completely wipes the hedge fund off the, off the hands of Milan. It's something that I think it's a matter of when, not if, and as you said, Yong Hong Lee is probably Dunzo. Um, I if he waits for Elliot to take the club back, and then he gives the money to them, Lee doesn't even have to be involved whatsoever at that point. So I mean, I'd I'd almost rather he wait to do that. He gets to buy the club at a cheaper price, which gives him more money to work with the club, and Lee doesn't have to be there at all. So we can just say so long to him, move on. And this guy that we thought came in on a white stallion, like straight out, straight out of the sun, and was sent to us by the football gods to save the club, is finally gone. This dude's is grass, bro. Yes. This guy sucks. So, who do we hate more, Yong Hong Lee or Nikola Kalinic? Uh, well, <laughs> you have to think about that one. You gotta think about it. <laughs> I'm going to say Young Hung Lee because he like I'm going to say he Lee. threatens the existence of the club which like <laughs> is suboptimal. Uh so one thing I am reading this is via I want to make sure I have this right. This is Sky Sports Pepe Di Stefano. 
he reports that Yong Hong Lee will repay Elliot by Friday, which is today in Italy, um, in order to proceed with negotiations for the sale of Milan shares with the interested investors. Which means he's going... I don't know how, like, what is prevent... Okay, so remember when Bilia and Bonucci were signed, but they couldn't be registered because of the staggering bank bonds or whatever? You know, remember how staggering that was? So, um, what, what is the delay? Like, why do you keep asking for extensions? On the, if you had the money, you wouldn't need to constantly need extensions over and over and over. And, like, Elliot just needs to be like, all right, bro, we're done with it. Like, I get it. They, they need to kind of wait for a deadline. Like, they can't just be like, nope, ours. Like, can't just be like, psych, but... I mean, at this point, it's like, bro, we're done, man. Like, ask for another extent. But apparently, according to Sky, he will repay the $32 million. Uh, this was a couple hours ago. It says in the coming hours, so that's just today. Um, and then he wants to... So what he's going to do is he's going to throw the $32 million that I don't know where he comes up with this money. He doesn't have it. Um, at Elliot. Elliot will back off for another month or whatever, and then he will sell whatever shares to Ricketts slash Camiso. But this is the thing. So he knows his leverage is gone now, which is why he wants to sell part of it, because he knows. Um, there also there are two more reports I want to read real quick, and then we'll get on to some more fun topics. Um, there's an Asian investor. This is via... Corrier del Sera, an Asian investor who held negotiations with Young Hong Lee in complete secrecy and with which he could sign a binding contract in the next couple of days. Okay, that doesn't sound like the last three years of Milan. Yeah, I'm going to give a vote of no confidence. This is probably uh, Mr. B uh, has come <laughs> back from the dead or something. <laughs> Throwback! Hey, yo! Um, the other one is Marco Fassone met with Jorge Mendez today to either, and this is via DiMarzio, and I don't, this is very vague, but it is to either speak about, quote, any of his clients, duh, or for an eventual shareholder in Milan. <laughs> um, because he is an advisor, quote, unquote, unquote, uh, uh, to Wolves. Wolverhampton Wanderers. So, um, and that's how they got Ruben Neves. That's how they got Rui Patricio. And that is why they linked to Andre Silva. Um, I, you know, take of that what you will. If Jorge Mendez invests in Milan, that dude has more money than God. And he's less sketchy. And that means we would very sketchily get a bunch of really talented portuguese players <laughs> um maybe we could hijack that move that might be happening soon uh maybe maybe that's why more on that, that later he's a client more on that later uh stay tuned uh so here's here's our here's our next topic and this is where it gets a little more fun ac milan players in the world cup and i want to just go through them Really, really quickly, um, and this is where it gets uh, this is where it gets a little bit interesting. So we have 
Pepe Reina, who was officially announced the other day, um, will be a backup goalkeeper, and we'll give our takes on his signing and what it means real quick. We'll get to that in a minute. So we have Pepe Reina for Spain. Um, Womp womp. That's gone. Um, We have Ivan Strinic, who, again, we will give our takes on him in just a minute. Uh, But he is the starting left back for Croatia. That's going well. Um, Strangely not listed in the whole, like, worldwide Milan jersey list for AC Milan. But, um, well, you know, we'll, we'll take it. Hashtag Worldwide Milan, which I have not seen that hashtag used once. But, uh, so it's Strinich and Reyna, uh, plus Lucas Belia, womp womp, uh, Ricardo Rodriguez, also womp womp, uh, Andre Silva, also uh, gone, uh, and Christian Zapata. Okay, so all of our guys are gone. Just want to point out, I'm feeling really smug about Argentina right now. Because if you'll recall in the last podcast, I said that Argentina were going to finish second in the group. And then they were going to get knocked out by our boys, France. And I kept telling people Argentina were going to finish second to Croatia. They're like, dude, you're crazy. Argentina have Messi. That doesn't that matters more than everything else. They're going to be fine. They're going to get through. Nah. Yeah, Argentina, nah, that didn't work. You deserved that everything work, yeah. that happened to you. Don't cry for three Argentina. <laughs> um, so we had seven players in the World Cup, including the two free agent signings. Uh, that on the first day went down to six because our favorite striker, Nikola Kajanic, <laughs> did not start for Croatia. And he was going to be subbed in. And he refused to go into the game and this man is so bad and he refused to go into a world cup group stage game and like later he was like oh my back was hurting it's like oh my back my back was hurting it's like yeah i'll tell i'll tell my boss joe tollison that like oh i sorry my back was hurting that's why i didn't go into work during the world cup it's like boy you're fired like bye so so exactly what happened he was given he was reportedly given the chance to apologize to the his croatian teammates (laughs) and didn't and then he was sent home and he sent into their whatsapp group like hey guys like Good luck. Like, sorry, I'm not there. Sorry, I can't be there. As if that's a bad thing. Um, <laughs> he, he basically was like, good luck. And like, no one acknowledged him. So they all <laughs> ghosted him. And he got sent his <laughs> back home to Milan. And now we might not even be in the club anymore. Amazing. What did we call it when it happened? Addition by subtraction? Yeah. And it's yeah, working it's, quite uh, well for Croatia. And actually, Croatia's the only team left with a Milan player, and it's not even Kajanic. <laughs> it's a guy who hasn't even played for the club yet. And so Nikola Kajanic got kicked off, and that has boosted Croatia to the quarterfinals <laughs> and now they're of playing, the World Cup. And now they're on the path where they're playing Russia, and then either Sweden or England. 
Which, no joke. They could very well, very well, unless football is coming home, <laughs> Croatia could find their Kajanic less selves in the World Cup final because this schmuck decided to refuse to go in to an official World Cup game. I cannot believe this is my striker. I love it. I love it <laughs> so much. the funniest thing I have ever seen in my life. This dude said, no, I'm not coming in. And they're like, Boy, you know where you're going. And they're going on a run without him. This is so cool. The only thing that would have made it better for me is if when that happened, Ivica Olic, now an assistant coach on the team, and one of the reasons I've always loved watching Croatia, jumped up and Kalinic said he wasn't going to go in. Olic rips his uniform off, puts it on, and goes to go in. And someone goes, you're not Kalinic. And he just looks at him and goes, I am now. Goes That's in, scores right. a goal, just like the days of old. But I just, I can't wrap my head around this. Because we've heard rumors that this is something he's done, not necessarily in a match, but has been kind of, wasn't he defiant of Gattuso at one point or Montella? I was under the impression that he basically was sent home by Gattuso once for not trying in training. Which is a bold strategy when Reno Gattuso is breathing down your neck and could probably kick you to your home. My first reaction when I, or one of my first reactions when this whole thing happened was, does Kalinic think so much of himself that he, like, I the first thing I thought of was when De Rossi did this to Ventura in the Sweden matches, that I think it was the second leg, where he's like, dude, I'm not the person who should be going on right now. But then I realized that Kalinic is too stupid for that. He's he's not good enough. He's not De Rossi. He could never be De Rossi. Uh, I mean, you just... All of a sudden, it's your turn to go in. And you've been so bad at your club. And you're given this opportunity. And Zlatko Dalic is ready to just give you this opportunity. And you say no. Just like, boy, bye. Pass. It's like, it's it, it even comes down to the Croatian coach. Because in what scenario are you going to put on Nikola Kalinic in the World Cup? Well, we talked about it before the World Cup. They don't really have any options at like a center forward behind Mandzukic. I mean, the other guys they brought are kind of like wide players or second strikers. So they were pretty thin. And that was really the only option, I think, behind Mandzukic. Which is but shocking. I'm, hey, hey, they're doing okay. Yeah, apparently. I mean, they're... worst case, I mean, they can they can go false nine if they need to, I think, and be quite okay. And now it's it's just hilarious to me that he gets sent home and gets panned by every living being who is on Twitter. Just like this dude just refused get the hell and now they're just doing completely fine um it should be mentioned that Kayanich has reportedly agreed to terms with Atletico Madrid which which, which means the last thing he did as an AC Milan player 
was refused to come <laughs> off the bench in a World Cup game, which is so funny. Like, that is an actual player who was on our team and expected to score. And this is where we are. He has reportedly... Let me find the article itself. Here we go. Nikita Kalinic and Milan have reportedly agreed to terms with Atletico Madrid, sending Kevin Gamero to Valencia and Simone Zaza to AC Milan. According to Sport Italia, the deal for Kalinic is done and their total agreement for the transfer, including a 3 million euro per year salary. Hilarious. Which, on one hand, Nikola Kalinic out? Great. Simone Zaza in? I, uh, I have question marks. I'm I want to point so out, sure. though, that in fairness to Kalinic, he did score in a cup final this year. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. Nailed, Nailed it. it. Oh, my God. So here's the thing. If So obviously, Simone Zaza is an upgrade over Nikola Kalinic, but I don't know how good Zaza even is anymore. We saw him completely flop at West Ham. There's a reason he is at. There's a reason he's not there anymore. There's a reason that he was not at Juventus anymore. Uh, you know, if we were getting like Sassuolo Zaza, like that's completely different. But him on Juve was not good. They did not get what they thought they were getting. And then he went to West Ham, and that didn't even work. And now he's coming to Milan. I'll take him over the likes of Nick Kalinic, but weren't, wasn't, weren't Mirabelli and Fasone talking about a big-name striker, quote-unquote? Yeah, something about they were going to bring in big name, or like big signings at like the important positions on the field, whatever that means, or whatever, however they said it. Um, on the one hand, you see a guy who scored 13 goals last year for a very good Valencia team. Well, very good in that they were kind of up at the top of La Liga for a little while. He showed that he could score goals. I mean, a lot of those, eight of the eight of the thirteen were in a six match stretch early in the season. Then he kind of went cold for a little while. So who knows about him? But I think we all know, in fairness, because every fan of Milan is going to remember Zaza as whether we're Italian or not. We all follow Italy all the time, and. All we're going to remember is that stupid, bleeping, idiotic, bleeping stutter step in the penalties against Germany, which Italy lost. Yeah. Which shanked it. Exactly. So I have the details of the Zaza deal reported by Football Italia. It is reportedly a four-year contract, two and a half million per season, uh, while Valencia ready to accept a loan with twenty million obligation to buy, just got to find that twenty million somewhere. Which, yeah, I was gonna say like, first of all, this whole like, oh, we're gonna be bring in big signings f- in the major positions. It's like, just say you're gonna sign a midfielder. Just say you're gonna sign a forward. Like, don't do this. Don't do this, please. One, two. We don't even have money 
like that money that you thought was coming from the Europa League isn't coming anymore. Like, where are we getting this money? And what are we going to do? Like, we can't spend that much. Mirabelli even said, like, we can't really spend that much money. I don't want to put anyone's hopes up. But then Fasone says, oh, we're going to spend, we're going to add to the, we're going to add where we need. All right, well, we don't, what do you people not understand? We don't need another striker. We don't need to pay so much money because this dude's going to want to start. What is wrong with Cutrone? What is wrong? Like, we just saw Cutrone do all this stuff and led the team in scoring. And you're telling me now we're going to bring in a striker from La Liga who has Serie A experience. That's a good thing. Who scored 13 goals, which is a good thing. He's going to want to start. I want Cutrone to start, and I want Silva behind him because we need to know if Silva is going to be the guy we thought he was going to be. Because if not, then we replace him. But why are we replacing, like, obviously he's an upgrade over Kayanich because Kayanich was useless. But adding Zaza, I I just don't, I just don't get the perfect, the perfect striker for what we needed was Lapidula. He was the man that they are chasing a replacement for Lapidula, while Lapidula is fine, and they so- they just sold him. Like, he's gone. He's not coming back. It's not a loan. And if it was, it was obligation to buy, just like Kajanich was, which, by the way, it was an obligation. So what we are looking for is someone who can come in either as a sub or start in, like, rotation, which Kayanich was not good enough to do either, and make some sort of impact, which Lapidula was able to do. And what we're chasing is Lapidula. They just didn't realize. I would have loved to keep that dude. I just don't understand why Zaza is... Like, this is the move we're making. And obviously we have, we got Strinich, and obviously we, we, we got Reyna. But Zaza... like. If, if we we were linked to Danny Ceballos, and that is what I want. Give me Danny Ceballos. And remember those rumors that we went and rattled through, like Leon Bailey and uh, Julian Weigel was one of them. I mean, and that, a Herrera. And a Herrera, right. Like, okay, I, that, that, I don't think that's going to happen. Like, obviously, it's not going to happen. But Ceballos was apparently, there were reports, allegedly, that Danny Ceballos basically told his teammates, like, I'm out, I'm going to Milan. Which is big if true. Don't think it is, because that sounds a little too specific. Um, I would love Danny Ceballos. That dude is one of the best under-21 midfielders in the world. Like, sold. Do it. Just throw, what, 35? 35? That seems fair. Maybe 40? And you know what? While we're at it, because Madrid isn't using him, Madrid isn't, Madrid isn't using Kovacic either, so if you want to throw him <laughs> over here too, you know what? We got a whole new midfield, and we can rock and roll with that. I'm down with that. I, I just am not really sold on this Zaza thing. Like Again, he's a good third stringer, or good backup, 
But I don't want this upsetting the apple cart with Kutrona. I want Kutrona to start still. The only thing with Zaza is he has he always been the Mr. X that we were promised? Because then, oh god, I'd be down with it. <laughs> Mr. X from like 2012. Remember that Mr. X when it was like Mr. X quote unquote unquote, and then it was like Kaka is coming back, and it's like this is cool, but I don't think this is what you meant. Yeah, we were. Uh, I mean, we're just rolling off the throwbacks here, Mr. X, Mr. B. So I had to get it in there. Nah, Zaza doesn't make any sense to me. And look, we talked about Carlos Baca coming back from his loan. He's probably gone. So you know what could have been there. I agree that it should be Cutrone, then Andre Silva, and then. You know, I Labadula. That I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why he they had to let him go. You know, but I think that about a lot of players that Milan have let go over the years. You could have an unbelievable eleven of just the last ten years, maybe. Well, you could also make an unreal eleven with like the um, Milan is interested in eleven. Like remember, Sime Vershalko. Uh, Nyangalan, who now plays for Inter, which makes me sick. Um, they they had interest in this kid named Neymar and this kid named Luis Suarez when he played for like Ajax. And it's like, remember when Pierre Emerick Aubameyang was a Milan I remember player? That. I've said that on here before. I just need to it's say it again. It's just so bad, man. You know who scored at the World Cup? By Nyang. Yeah, I was gonna say, lay it on me. Just go for it. I I did I did see a couple tweets. It was like. This the World Cup hype is gonna make people think that Mbanyang is like a good player, and I was like, all right, don't go at him too hard because he was pretty solid under Mihailovic. Who, by the way, Mihailovic, watch, he is Sporting's new manager. He was. He lasted nine days. Wait, what? Yeah, I didn't hear this. Wait, yes, Sinisa Mihailovic was. <laughs> he was at Sporting for nine days. And then he got sacked. No way. Yep. Wait, you're lying. I'm not. I'm looking oh my at, God. I'm looking at ESPN.com right now. Shameless plug. Um, <laughs> uh, the club announced that he was gone. The new, the new president of the club decided that it was time for him to go after nine days. Quote, the first thing Mahalovich did was to change the location for first team's preseason camp. The truth is that this change has led Sporting to lose 300,000 euros. Uh, in view of this and considering he is still in the probationary period, Sporting has decided to terminate the contract of the coach. That is why he is out of our plans for next season. We will quickly seek a new coach who should be presented by Monday. And I'm pretty sure they've already hired their new coach. And it is Augusto Inacio. He is now the sporting manager. Or he's apparently set to take over there. Um, He has a very long list of clubs. He's actually been at sporting before. Uh, I don't know if this is official yet that he's going to be back at sporting. But, I mean, that doesn't really matter to us. The point is Mihalovic gone nine days oh my god i didn't even know that i legitimately never saw that wait how old is this oh my god this is like over a week old i never saw this (laughs) oh my god dude like i legitimately 
I never saw that. I've been like, I guess I've been so busy like with the word. This is this is one of those news dumps. Yeah. From like the World Cup, <laughs> like the whole like, oh yeah, by the way, Milan is banned. Yeah. And it's like, oh, World Cup, you know, and it's like in the middle of a game. I they probably announced this in the middle of a World Cup okay, game too. Well, this happened on June twenty seventh. And if you want to know what happened on June 27th, Sweden beat Mexico 3-0 and Korea beat Germany. It was that's that it. Day. That's why they did that. That yep. was that's a why news they did. dump. That's why, no, that's why nobody saw it. Sporting was like, nope, we're not doing it. No one is going to know. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so Mihailovic watch, unemployed, <laughs> apparently. The best thing is, so I, I did talk with someone about this. Worse position for a club to be in milan sporting it's got to be sporting i'd say sporting with fans attacking players after they missed out on a champions league spot in the final day and lost the cup final in just disastrous fashion and then nine players including patricio so he he went to wolves on a free agent contract and Fernandez, nine players terminated their contracts. The, the, again, I'm not that good at math, but nine is pretty close to 11, <laughs> and they that lost their manager. True. And apparently, hired Mihailovic and said, nope. So After losing nearly half a million. Yeah, exactly. That's the, oh my god. Uh, I do have one update real quick, because we mentioned Carlos Baca. And reportedly, according to Calcio Mercato, Baca has reportedly turned down a three-year offer from Trabanspor, uh, which you may remember is the same club that bought Kevin Constant. We're rolling out the throwbacks today. Where is that? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, man, it, it just never ends Are we going to go club. into a deep dive um, on Jamel Mezba's time at the club anytime soon? Oh, there's nothing to deep dive in there. <laughs> Um, where he, sh- where he, this tweet says should have, I'm going to say would have earned 5 million euros a year and 2 million as soon as he signed. So this man is out of his mind. This dude is absolutely insane. I would, I'd be like, all right, I'm in. What you got to play in Turkey for not one of the big three, Fenerbahce, Besiktas, Galatasaray. But, I mean, still. Um, and also, real quick, did you see that like someone on Milan Twitter pissed off a bunch of Galatasaray fans? Did they really? Did you, did you see? Apparently, they they. I don't know what they said. I don't know how this happened. But they they said something that pissed off a bunch of Galatasaray fans. And that bunch of Galatasaray fans just reply on every AC Milan tweet and just be like go enter and go Galatasaray and like blah 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 and like uh who's Selvio uh Selvio oh, yeah, and yeah, like yeah. come on and, that's, um, a, that's a fun account like uh, Nikita and like those guys were like going back and forth like bro Galatasaray isn't even the biggest club in Turkey and they're like oh I sleep in an inter shirt it's like what is going on what is happening and I'm like oh my. I actually had some I had some Besiktas fans actually invite me to come over to work for Besiktas, but I'm pretty sure that it's like it was when uh, it was when Kyle Aaron, who 
Orlando City kid I went to college with made the move over there, and I got like all excited. I was talking about how great like the Welcome to Besiktas thing is, and how he's gonna be a good sign. They're like, "Oh yeah, like dude, like you should come over here." And I'm like, "Well, okay, no, because I'm pretty sure as soon as I stepped off the plane, I'd be a political prisoner in Turkey because I'm not the biggest Erdogan fan in the world." But uh, yeah, thanks for the invite, but. At, at least I was on the the. At least I got the friendlier version. I'm pretty sure I'm not going to go piss off any Galatasaray fans. Yeah, at this my point. God. I, apparently they attack in droves. Um, the last thing, uh, before we close. So real quick on Strinich and Reina before we get to the wild news of the week, and then we'll close out our little show here. So Strinich. Wait, I'm sorry to. None of what's happened so far that we've talked about has been wild because this, like, my head's about to explode. It's been just a roller coaster, man. It's been absolutely insane. <laughs> and actually, the lowest, like, the lowest key news was when Milan announced that they signed Pepe Reina, a 35 year old goalkeeper from Napoli, and Ivan Strinich, um, 30 year old left back from Sampdoria and Croatia. Uh, both on free agent contracts and both until 2021. Um, I wrote something up on our website and I mean, Pepe Reina, there's not a lot to say. He's a good backup. He's going to take Storari's place. He's a veteran. He knows how this works. Um, He is obviously not supposed to be the starter, um, but let's say Donnarumma gets injured or they're rotating. Pepe Reina can step in. He's starting quality. He did it for Napoli last season. Yeah, he's 35, but like the expectations are very low on him. I do not think this means that Donnarumma is leaving. He is not a placeholder, I don't think, because we haven't heard anything about Donnarumma. All I've heard about Donnarumma is no club is going to meet the valuation Milan have set for him. No one's going to pay 75 or whatever for him. So they're just not going to sell him. So that's fine. Yeah, I'm good with that. He'll he'll get better. He'll improve. And Reyna will be the backup instead of Antonio Donnarumma. And it'll be fine. Because if someone gets injured, Reyna can step in. If not, he can be in club or cup competitions or whatever. He's fine. He's serviceable. He's a veteran. Um, yeah, his salary, I mean, some called him a waste of salary. We're paying somebody. I mean, we were paying Storari, and Storari never went in, right? He maybe got a game, so... He was done, too. I mean, Reyna, I mean, like, I'm thinking about, like, if for some reason, whatever, Donnarumma does end up leaving. Like, if you can't get another goalkeeper, then Pepe Reyna is not the worst person to have in... Exactly. Yeah, you just fall back on him, and he can play a year, maybe two, which would not be optimal at all. But he could be the Chesney to, you know, the role that Chesney played at Juve. He, He can do the same thing, and if they really need, he can step in for a year, and then hopefully Plitzari would be ready. So I think he he's. He is what he is. He's an insurance option. He's re- it's really not that deep. I like how you said uh, placeholder. And I I actually I thought of you yesterday when I saw this news now that Reyna has gone from Napoli. And we certainly, it wouldn't be 
a top young Italian player coming in from the outside because once Reyna left for Milan, Napoli replaced him with someone you've mentioned on here before, Alex Murray. And so Alex Murray goes to Napoli, which is a good signing. But here's my thing, though. Perrin went to Juve, which sucks. That's right. I was blanking on who it was. This sucks, dude. Hopefully, Murray can step it up at Napoli because that's a good signing by them, and it's a good move for him. Just like Perrin was a good signing for Juve, and it's a good move for him. But, like, I mean, I'm not even going to get into the whole, like, Juve are selling youth players for, like, $20 million to smaller Serie A clubs. It, they, There's an arms race in Serie A right they, now. It's unbelievable it's, to see what's going they on. They got half of their Perrin money by selling. Mondragora. They sold him to Udinese for twenty million, which is cl- which is close to their record, and he has a buyback clause of twenty four. <laughs> Does that sound like co ownership to you? That sounds... Does that sound anything like co ownership to you? Because that's illegal now. <laughs> so, oh my god! But I mean, they made pretty much the whole parent money back. And, like, they're just funneling. It's like, stop helping Juve, for God's sake. Um, the the thing about Strinic, again, low-key signing, but he's been really good for Croatia. Um, he's, the, my thing about him is he's a left-back. Our left-back is Ricardo Rodriguez. I don't think he's going to come in. He's not going to start over him. Um, Strinic is better defensively. And Rodriguez is better moving forward and on crosses because that's what he does. And sometimes Rodriguez can get exposed in defense. And I haven't seen Strange get nailed like Rodriguez has. Um, it really comes down to rotation. Uh, now there is a legitimate other option besides um Rodriguez at left back because before the only other one was Antonelli or Barini right. which has happened oh, dear so god uh, right bad exactly memories bad memories bad yeah bad visuals rotation is so, a good word though because I think like for as divisive as Ricardo Rodriguez could be among Milan fans he is a reliable player uh but we saw tire legs at times last year he's you know not, there's not European competition to worry about now, but he'll be able to. Sturridge will be able to come in and rotate, and everything will be fine. And it may just depend on what you're looking for out of that match. You know, if you're not looking for someone to spring forward all the time, Sturridge is your guy. But um, yeah, he's, it's very much a tactical. It's a tactical yeah. siding, which I I like it. Um, you know, we didn't pay any money besides salary, and he is a quality siding. Again, low expectations, not expecting him to be player of the season, but he'll contribute, obviously, more than Reyna will. And, I mean, that's that's Strinich and Reyna. I mean, welcome to AC Milan, but we, I mean, very low-key. Strinich isn't even the only uh, Croatian to come in because apparently we're close to making uh, Alan Haliovic official. He's apparently been registered with... Uh, and with Syria, right? Yep, yep. He's uh and basically Hamburg just handing him to him after they get relegated and um you know, he he was a free agent and look, this kid's it's crazy to think he's only 22 years old cuz he made his debut for Dinamo Zagreb when he was 16 and it feels like so long ago now. 
Uh, went to Barcelona, was seen as this possible wunderkind. You know, whatever happened at Barcelona, it's in the past. Look, there's only so much you can do trying to get into that first team. You know, that's a that's a risk you take when you're young and you have the chance to move there from Dinamo Zagreb. But went off to Hamburg, went on loan to Alaves last year. I believe it was Alaves. And look, if he can come in and, you know, depending on what kind of system Gattuso wants to play for the certain game, because he's more of a an attacking midfielder. I've I've always liked him. He's not really lived up to the billing yet, but give him a chance and who knows what can happen. And I mean, hey, he was free. So Exactly. And Marco Fasone is apparently a big fan of him. He says he's a great talent. Right time to announce him will come. There's more than a handshake between the parties. So like, you know, we have him you know, depth. Um, hopefully he turns more into a Bonaventura kind of deal uh, rather than a Jose Maury or Bertolacci deal. You know, just a, another quick note on transfers. Benucci reportedly will not go anywhere. Um, you know, the Andre Silva saga goes on and on and on. Um, it's at this point, it's either going to be Wolves or Monaco, a Huddersfield Town express interest, but they're not going to beat Wolves uh, because of the Jorge Mendes effect. Um, but right now, I mean, he's still a Milan player. He's on vacation after Portugal got knocked out of the World Cup um, at the hands of uh, Edison Cavani and Uruguay. Uh, and he just absolutely dunked all over Portugal. So <laughs> for now, we still have Silva. Benucci isn't going anywhere. Um, but one uh transfer that is making a lot of waves everywhere is the possibility which i can't believe i'm saying it that cr7 might be on his way to juventus which just drives a stake through my heart because i i I just can't man i just i i can't do it not not if this so apparently Juventus have offered like a hundred million, which explains why they're signing all of or selling all of these youth products for like fifteen and ten and twenty million to smaller clubs so that they can fund a move for Cristiano Ronaldo. Um Higuain could be on the way out, I've heard. Chelsea um, probably. Chelsea, yeah, with sorry, but that's not a lockdown thing, but the reports are getting more and more and more and stronger and stronger and stronger that the man, the myth, the legend, after nine years at Madrid, could head to Juventus. And, you know, his agent said, if he leaves, it'll be for a new challenge. And Juve would be a new challenge. And Juve has a decent relationship with Real Madrid I think maybe but some have said Adidas is pushing the deal uh I don't get it Adidas wouldn't want to move him out of the biggest Adidas team which is Real Madrid unless Neymar was coming in unless right (laughs) and that's the only thing but like so if he like I don't think but I've also heard Ferrari is part of it and like, I, I get it. And also, they're going to use that money to fund either Neymar or Mbappe. They've been linked to both. So, I mean, 
look, I as a Milan fan, I don't want to see. I don't want any part of that. No, just scrap it. Absolutely not. I did see one good tweet, which was fully prepared to launch a pro Messi agenda if he <laughs> joins Juventus. If uh, CR seven joins Juve, can we just push them both to the curb and let Mbappe do his thing? It's time. And let Mbappe, yeah, right. Mbappe, Neymar, Christian you know, Pulisic, like facts um but my only like i get that syria would have so much more interest and eyes and ad revenue and all that from cristiano ronaldo i just don't like we don't need juventus to add ronaldo we really really don't it's already like napoli came so close and we're only a couple of games a couple of kicks away from breaking the streak, right? But we don't need a seven-time consecutive champion to add... How many Ballon d'Ors has he won? Four or five? I don't even know, but like... The last player that wasn't Ronaldo or Messi, it's probably going to change this year because it's Salam, I get it, but the last one was Kaká, the year we won the Champions League. Yep, so it's... I, I don't I don't want to see it. I really don't, but I'm afraid it's going to happen. Like, I just keep seeing reports... And- the one thing is Real Madrid renewed his contract until 2021. They announced that today or yesterday. and But Real Madrid has been all over the place because first they had to deny interest in Neymar. And then they had to say, oh, yeah, we extended Ronaldo. And I think, did they have to deny Mbappe? I, but it's been all of it. It's been a wild week for Madridistas, but I don't I don't want to see Ronaldo in a Juve uniform. Look, I'm a huge Cristiano Ronaldo fan. I absolutely love the guy. Um, that's why, like, when I went to the friendly against Milan at Yankee Stadium a few years back, I wasn't even mad when he started dropping those goals on us. Um, look, he, it's not a Serie A move if he goes to Juventus. It's that's not why they're bringing him in. They'll they'll straight up be champions elect if they do because um, i mean i've i've seen this the moves that have been made so far this summer um the moves napoli inter roma have all been making i honestly when nyingland signed with inter i thought tides had turned and i was ready to call inter the favorites to win the league um obviously if ronaldo goes there that changes i think that it's just because this team is so desperate to win the champions league because they they could have done it last year. They probably should have gotten past Real Madrid this year, maybe. That team was a mess at the time. And look, someone's got to beat Juve in Serie A. Someone's got to beat Real Madrid in the Champions League. If Ronaldo leaves Real and goes to Juve, it's going to be Juve winning Serie A, Coppa Italia, and I, you'd have to talk about them being one of the favorites in the Champions League, maybe the favorite. Um, it, it would be time. Um, I mean, but seeing him in Serie A, look, just from who he is, and we've seen what Serie A's looked like the last few years with fans not showing up anymore, um, whether it's because of money, whether it's because the clubs have just been disastrous once you get outside the top two or three, Whatever the reason, he'll. It would almost be like uh, Syria going MLS, bringing in a big name 
to get people in the seats. Uh, I mean, you, <laughs> you, wherever Juventus went, it would be the main attraction would be Cristiano Ronaldo. It wouldn't just be the best team in Italy for the last seven years. Uh, I mean, he, I mean, that's even if he plays in all those games, as I said this morning, we'd finally get to answer the burning question of, can he do it on a Saturday morning in Ferrara against mighty Spall? So, I mean, imagine him going to Spall and Frosinone and Parma and all these other places and I just, it would be so weird, but at the same time, he's been playing in a league where he's gone to Hirona and Abar and Alaves. So, I mean, I guess maybe not. Like, obviously, he just seems like he would be destined for the Premier League. But I just, I've wanted to deny this for so long. Like, we, we saw it the other day, and all of us were kind of just like, really? No? Like, He's going to Manchester United or nowhere at all. So why are we even entertaining this? But then I saw the good point today that this kind of looks like the Neymar story all over again, which someone laid it out in three phases. The first step was when the Neymar to PSG link started. Like, what was it? About a year ago now in July of last year. And you're kind of just like, no, just no. Um, but like cool talk it's silly season then it started to pick up steam and it wasn't just you know it wasn't just these spanish tabloids or these crazy tv shows it was marca and lequipe and Calcio mercado whoever correo de la sport saying hey this thing has legs we're a reliable source and our reliable sources are telling us that this thing might actually have some traction. So then you're like, okay, this will keep us entertained. There's no world cup games for the next couple days. Cool. Now it's, Hey, they could, he could complete this move by Saturday or by the middle of next week after they unveil Emre Chan. Oh, this like, this might actually happen. And (laughs) so it's just, at this point, we're kind of in a holding pattern. And, look, they're going to introduce Emre Chan on Monday. That's a heck of a get for them. Um, <laughs> him and Dybala and Quadrado up top. That <laughs> Give me all the tickets. Take all my money to let me go see that show. But <sighs> Serie But please, please don't. Cancel Serie Like, just don't have them play the games, crown them champions at the end, and just let the rest of us fight for those other three spots. I mean, we're probably not even – like, let's be real. I think Juve, Inter, Napoli, and Roma probably set in stone as the top four come and get us. But, I mean, I, I in one way it would be fun for Syria, and the other it would be, dear God, just let this league end well, the other thing is, and just to just to agree with what you said, they're not doing it for Syria. They're doing it for themselves. And I get a rising tide lifts all boats, so Syria gets more ad revenue and stuff like that. But I mean, it it would be Juventus getting that money mostly. So um, I I don't want to see it. What I might want to see is remember the uh, Immobile to Milan reports that feel like they're three months old but really it was just last week um 
that would be a big name striker. But again, would that be four strike? Like we could barely play three last season. I don't know what we're doing, but um, that would be an interesting get from Lazio. That could strengthen our case for fifth competing for fourth and third instead of where we are currently, which is fifth or sixth, hopefully not lower. Um, we'll see. Uh, again, I don't want to see, I really, really, really don't want to see Ronaldo to Juve, but it keeps getting more and more and more legs. You know, DiMarzio is talking about it. Alfredo Padula is talking about it. ESPN, Bleacher Report, Fox. I'm, I'm worried, man. It's, it's not good. When Fox brings it up in the middle of their World Cup coverage of shocking news about the potential future of Cristiano Ronaldo, like we've known that he might be on his way out, but we didn't know it might be to Juventus. Like that's the thing. Like even like you just you mentioned Fox during the coverage. Like all of at ESPN on our TV show, we've been back on ESPN two instead of ESPN plus during the World Cup. I mean, still on plus, but uh, not trying to plug whatever. Uh, it's been World Cup, World Cup, World Cup, World Cup. We have not talked about anything else. We haven't talked about any rumors about, you know, the the sorry saga at Chelsea. We haven't talked about Bayern or any, anything. But the Cristiano Ronaldo news happened. That's what we're talking about. You gave it, like, you gave it, like, a day or two grace period to see if it just kind of, like, fluttered away. But it started getting more real. And so we, like, we had to put, like, our, our TV crew. I'm not involved in that at all. But the TV show was like, hey we need to talk about this because now it's picking up. So, um, yeah, it's this, it's that time of year and it's that time in a superstar's career where this might happen. I, my only question is if he does go to Juventus, does he come for the all-star game? Ooh, I don't think so. I doubt he would, but I would, hope I would that... love to see him run every Atlanta United player into the floor because there's only one club I hate as much as I hate Inter and Juve, and it's Atlanta. So if I would root for Juve that day just to watch him steamroll them. Oh, you gotta root for happen. the you gotta root for the non-Atlanta MLS players. Yoshi Yotun, always. Albert Elise, La Pantarita. Absolutely. Vela, um, Simon, Ibra, and all the rest of the starting ones are like Atlanta players, which is ridiculous. Anyway, so I think we've covered all that we need to. You know, it's it's been a wild couple weeks, so had to jam-pack just a lot and a lot of stuff in here. So um, thank you for joining us for another episode of The Devil Wears Rossonero. Um, I'm Patrick Stoll. Uh, he's Tim Fontenot. At Stoll underscore P at Tim underscore Fontenot and at SBN Rossinero. Uh, thanks for joining us. You can check out all our work on acmilan.theoffside.com and uh, stay tuned for another episode. We're going to get another one of these out and hopefully we will have um, a new owner with actual money. So uh, thanks again for joining us and uh, for Tim and for the staff of the AC Milan Offside. I'm Patrick. We'll talk to you next time.